Hey, I'm Maria Spear Alice, and I hate rushing. It never yields good things to rush, whether it's rushing to finish a client project or rushing to put on eyeliner. But when we have 10,000 things on our minds at any given moment, it's hard not to fall into that habit. I've had a lot of very specific technical training in my life, hello music school and law school, but none of that training prepared me for being a business owner, a lawyer, a wife, a mom, or really just a functional adult woman with a huge to-do list. I'm no guru, but I created Don't Rush Me as a way to talk more about the slow, simple tools you can start using today to make your life and business life a little easier. So whether you're a healer, a coach, or a business owner, a professional craving that slowdown, come with me as we learn about the small, easy things that can make a huge difference in your mind, body, or business. Welcome back to the podcast. This is another one of those special episodes where you get a little sneak peek into my community, the Creative Soul Sisterhood. We meet monthly to discuss either a mind-focused, a body-focused, or a business-focused topic each month. And our recent mind-focused topic was unexpected self-care. And our two panelists were Samantha Rembolt, who you might remember from episode 103 from Passionland Co., and also Maria Brannon, who is a sound healer. And the two unexpected methods or modalities for self-care that we discussed were, of course, creativity from Sam and sound from Maria. So it was an incredibly interesting conversation. What you won't hear in these clips I'm about to share is just by happenstance, how similar the journeys of these two women were. And you would have never thought of it, right? A a creativity coach on one hand, a sound healer on the other hand. But it was so interesting to hear the two of them talk about these journeys that that they went through and how similar they were. First, though, I want you to hear from Sam. I asked her as a kind of creativity guru how someone that feels like they're not creative can go about establishing some kind of healing self-care practice. Okay, listen in. I read a lot about creativity and that's really helped me understand it because I kind of thought creativity was like this fluffy thing. It feels to me sort of like a gas sometimes. Like I can't hold it, I can't put it in a jar, I can't like point to it and be like, that's definitely my creativity. It's almost like it, it's like a gas and it flows through different parts of my life and I can sort of feel it but not pick it up. Um, So understanding what that feeling is has been really good for me. And honestly, just making time to, to slow down. Like I started a daily meditation and journaling practice. And journaling, I didn't start to be more creative, but it has really helped me be more creative because it helps me get out all the stuff that I feel like is clogging up my brain. And so once I dump out like my to-do list or my big feelings or something, it's like there's more space in my mind to, to have new ideas and, and declutter. Okay, so though you didn't hear it here, she also says that everyone is actually creative. It's not like a gene or something that you either have or you don't have. 
um, but it is like a muscle and something that you have to exercise, which we can all kind of relate to, right? And I can certainly relate to, you know, creativity flowing through different parts of your life. I mean, literally, it could be the Valentine's that you're helping your child create for Valentine's Day or whatever it is, building blocks with your kid. And I don't mean to only use kid examples, but, you know, different things that you do that you might not think of as creative, but that exercise that little muscle in your brain that relates to creativity. I think that, you know, creating space in your day, that's a theme that you've heard throughout this podcast, but creating space in your day for meditation and journaling, that's a practice we can all do regardless of whether you think you're quote unquote creative. And we know, right, I don't have it sitting right in front of me, but there is data that actually shows that ideas don't come when you're doing, 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 working, working, listening to things, taking in content. Ideas come when you're, when you stop you do nothing. That's why you think of great ideas in the shower, right? <laughs> so creating space in your day for for stillness and for meditation and journaling, that's that's something that you can do to tap into that creativity. Okay, so so turning now to Maria Brannon at Iridescent Knowing, and I'll drop links in the show notes to these two fabulous women. But um, Maria talked about, of course, sound as a healing modality as a way to practice unexpected self-care. And I asked her if she can share how sound heals us. How does it work? So here was what Maria Maria had to say. Think of times when you're having a really bad day and you're just like, you cannot get out of the funk. If you put on that favorite song, if you put on some kind of up-tempo something that just, oh, it finally makes you feel good and maybe you dance a little bit, that's, that's sound. That's music lifting your spirits. That's taking you out of that previous mindset and taking you to a new frequency. So sound works in multiple ways, right? So there's the physical of sound actually going through our bodies. So these healing instruments work in ways that will flood your body with the sound. So you're, you're, we're made of so much water, 70%, something like that, of water. And sound goes through water so much more easily than air. So you're thinking about why do we call it a sound bath? Because the sound is literally bathing us in its frequencies, going through our cells and helping our cells vibrate at different rates and come into more alignment where we feel more at ease again, where we feel more at peace again, realigned to where we can just be at ease in our lives and have more creativity and be more present in our lives. Then there's binaural beats, if you've ever heard of those. There's a lot of different sound therapy apps that are available now where you can just tune in to different frequencies. So you can look up like theta frequency, which is typically the meditative state, like a deep meditative state. It helps you get into that dreamlike state if you need to bring in some creativity and you want to kind of calm your inner inner uh, raging storm that's going on. You just like need to find some peace. Spend five or ten minutes with these theta healing sounds and you'll find that you slowly, your brain will slowly entrain. Entraining just means it's going to come into the same rhythm and the same frequency as these sounds, and it helps your brain find a center. So for me, I had such a busy mind, I would 
just sit with one bowl and just listen as deeply as I possibly could and allow my brain to follow that instead of all the thoughts. So anytime I would go back to the thoughts, I could come back to the sound. It became my anchor. So that in itself is healing because anytime you can create a space of stillness and quiet within yourself, no matter what is going on around you, is healing for you and probably for others around you as well. Is that not so fascinating? Sound goes through water so much more easily than air, and so that's why it bathes us in frequencies. That's so fascinating to me. But who can't relate to, you know, you're in the funk and then you hear a song and that feeling like when the song hits and you just can't help but move or think about, you know, that amazing day driving around with your friends in high school singing that song at the top of your lungs or dancing or or driving, you know, after getting engaged or those life moments, you know, that you that you kind of associate with different songs or sounds, those sound memories. There was a gif going around earlier this year uh, or a meme rather and it said whatever song was number 1 on the charts on your 23rd birthday is how 2023 is going to go. And from mine was soldier boy. <laughs> so that gives you an idea of my age, but it, you know, I, tr- I put on that song once I did that little, you know, nuggets worth of research and it was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you can't help but bop and bounce when you hear just certain songs. And so certainly you can relate to how sound affects you in your body one thing that you know Maria mentions is you know if you can hum then you can use sound as as a healer and it's something that I've actually taught my four-year-old because we talk about you know calming your body down because of course children are literally immature they literally cannot you know regulate their nervous systems the way that we can that's why there are tantrums but it's like in calming your body down I told him you know it sometimes some people you know you use breath certainly but Um, if you can hum or just kind of lull yourself into, you know, calming your, your body down, that certainly it works and he's done it. So yay. Thanks Maria. And so I mentioned, you know, how similar their journeys were and Sam's episode, uh, 103 breaking up with creative burnout. If you missed that episode, go back and listen because it's a really delicious conversation on her journey and just also creativity as self care. But let's talk about burnout for a second because I think there are a few ways that burnout can happen. Um, And coincidentally, I just started reading Burnout by Emily Nagoski. I'll link to it in the show notes. But in that book, she talks about this concept of unclosed loops, or I guess open loops is a better way to put it. Um, Unfinished business, unfinished tasks, and, and having too many things unfinished or unclosed causes us burnout. I think that's true. But the burnout that Sam and Maria reflected on in our meeting and on our panel really stemmed from people pleasing in kind of a creative way. Both of them had a passion for Maria. It was singing and performing. And for Sam, it was web and graphic design. And they both really loved those things. But their burnout stemmed from creating for others. Others' approval, you know, reception, rather than creating just to create, just for the fun and the practice of it. And it's kind of heart-wrenching to hear these two women talk about their former passions and things that used to bring so much joy into their lives And then hear about how all of the joy was sucked out of it. 
Now, of course, they've transformed that, you know, into finding joy from doing it the way that they want to do it, from doing it for themselves. Uh, But there was this theme of how when you're creating with a filter of how will this be received? Are my clients going to like this? Will the audience like this? Am I good enough? Are my skills good enough? Is my voice good enough? Those things all led to both of them burning out, you know, and and you can see kind of a connection between are my skills good enough? And am I good enough? Like, oof, that's heavy stuff. All from working in something that you're passionate about, which is the sad thing. It was a catalyst to finding out how they wanted to do things and doing things their way. But without getting deep into the topic of authenticity and showing up as your authentic selves, others be damned, you know, because authenticity is the topic for our next Creative Soul Sisterhood meeting. Uh, The lesson we learned from Sam and Maria was to find a way to create for yourself just for yourself, not for audience approval, not for likes or for going viral or getting a role or fitting into someone else's standards. That's a surefire way to get you into creative burnout and get your creative heart broken, right? So I am so all about this lesson. Even um, people like Gary Vee, who I haven't always loved, but who definitely share some good nuggets um, online, create content on social media that you like, content that you want to create. That's something that he's been very vocal about, and I'm, I'm all for that. I think I take it a step further and say, do the work that you feel called to do and track it based on your own metrics, not the metrics of what you should be doing or what others say you should be doing. It's one thing to set goals. Goals are good. Goals are healthy. But I think when we start filtering our work through others' eyes and through likes and like the social media stuff, that's when we can hit creative burnout. So let's continue this conversation. I hope if you picked something up from the sneak peek into the Creative Soul Sisterhood that you'll share this episode on Instagram. Tag me, hey so Maria. Um, and as always, if you liked this peek into the, into the community, check out the link in the show notes and come join us in the Creative Soul Sisterhood. Code podcast will get you a $10 discount off of your first month of virtual membership. Thanks for listening in and I'll talk to you soon.